system in New York are intensifying and going from mere civil problems to actual possible criminal conduct. In the Middle East, Israel and Hamas militants are ignoring international calls for a ceasefire with a new round of airstrikes and rocket attacks today. CBS's Holly Williams spoke with a protester in the West Bank. Their lives is not worth more than our lives. You're it saying, doesn't worth more than our kids. And, and you're saying peace talks don't work. No. 25 years, what did they give us? At least three Palestinians were reportedly killed today. Israel says two soldiers were shot in the leg. There's more severe weather in the forecast for water logged Louisiana. With rain coming in waves over parts of Louisiana and already flooded regions, it's a call for more boats to help save folks. Those individuals who are, are trapped in their homes and need a way out. Ashley Rodriguez with the Louisiana State Fire Marshal's Office says wildlife and fisheries are among those joining the effort with boats and high water vehicles. Dave Cohen for CBS News, New Orleans. Tourists and Parisians alike are lining up to get inside the Louvre. Opening the museums and all the public areas, that's good for us. We feel more freedom. I'm happy. It was shut down for more than six months during the pandemic. Cafes and restaurant terraces in Paris also reopened today. S&P futures are down 49, Dow futures off 373. This is CBS News. CBS News Radio is your home for breaking news. With our team of reporters around the country and the world, we give you the coverage you can trust. If you drive a car, truck, SUV, or vehicle of any kind, you need GetUpside, the free gas app that pays you cash back for every gallon of gas you buy. That's right. With the free GetUpside gas app, you can get up to 25 cents a gallon cash back every time you buy gas. Nearly 3 million people have earned cash back with GetUpside just for buying gas. I always use GetUpside. Some months, I make 200 to $300. I love getting money back for things I use every day. It's just free money for buying gas. There's no catch. It's simple. And you get your cash back right away. Download the free GetUpside app now in the App Store or Google Play to save up to 25 cents per gallon when you buy gas. Use promo code RIDE for a 25 cent per gallon bonus on your first tank. That's up to 50 cents per gallon on your next fill up. You can cash out anytime to PayPal or an e-gift card for Amazon and other brands. Earn cash back on gas on every fill up. Just download the free GetUpside app and use promo code RIDE for a 25 cent per gallon bonus on your first tank. That's code RIDE. What's old comes into view again in Italy. Repair works at a reservoir in Italy have revealed the remains of a village that had been submerged for decades. Located in South Tyrol, Lake Resia, known for the church steeple emerging from its icy waters, has even inspired a book and a Netflix series. Now with the lake temporarily drained, locals have been able to see the final traces of Kuron, a village once home to hundreds before it was flooded to create a hydroelectric plant in 1950. Sabina Castelfranco, CBS News, Rome. Chicago's largest music festival is coming back. It's on. <gasps> Love the festival will run from July 29th through August 1st at Grant Park. It was canceled last year because of COVID. Tickets go on sale today. Deborah Rodriguez, CBS News. I'm former U.S. counterterrorism officer Drew Berquist. In a one-party controlled country whose policies continue to move further to the left, it's hard to find a group willing to stand up for the right. That's why we created Mammoth Nation. We're standing strong for all Americans. Mammoth Nation is America's conservative discount club. As a member, you get great discounts, 
Massive savings on travel, shopping, wireless, sporting goods, even prescriptions. Membership supports conservative businesses and the causes that you care about. Like the Wounded Blue. For every total wellness plan purchased, Mammoth Nation will donate a plan to a police officer in need. This provides critical support to our law enforcement community. It's just one of the things that makes Mammoth Nation so great. And it's so affordable. If you join now, you get a 30% discount on an annual membership. Normally $29 this month, just 19. It can pay for itself with just one purchase. So go to mammothnation.com and become a lifetime member today. Weenie Wednesday. Corn dogs and regular hot dogs, 99 cents each. Open 10:30 a.m. until 9 p.m. Head on over to Larry's Doghouse at 410 West Union Street in Athens. Do you have what it takes to be our cutest prom couple? Here are the rules: no purchase necessary. Open to all area high school, private school, and homeschool students in the Power 105, Classic Hits 970, and 97.1 FM, WATH listing area. No college students, please. All photos need to be appropriate, clean, and clear. No filters and selfies, please. Message a photo of you and your prom date to the Power 105 Facebook page now through June 18th, 2021. More details to come. Keep listening to Power 105 and Classic Hits 970 and 97.1 FM WATH At Ohio University Credit Union we've got your back through all of life's biggest moments like when your daughter looks in the mirror at the bridal shop and says this is the one when you find the perfect vacation spot this is the one or when he tours the campus for the first time this is the one OUCU has money to lend for each of life's precious moments with low-rate personal loans. Stop by a branch or visit OUCU.org for more information. Subject to credit approval, federal insured by NCUA. Southeast Ohio seniors and people of all ages, disabilities, and income levels can turn to Buckeye Hills Regional Council for information on vaccinations, meals, essential supplies, and a full range of long-term care services. You can reach Buckeye Hills Regional Council safely by phone to get answers to your questions and get connected to the community resources and services that can best meet your needs. Visit BuckeyeHills.org or call Buckeye Hills Regional Council today at one 800 Integrated Services for Behavioral Health is the preeminent behavioral health organization in Southeast Ohio. It's an organization of over 300 like-minded individuals that provide services to some of the most vulnerable populations, believing in the resiliency of the individual. If you provide good services, if you care about the individual and you value communities, you know, the opportunities are endless. It's time to thrive outside. Spending time outside, like at an Ohio State Park, is a natural way to boost your mental health. Just 15 minutes in nature can restore you. The parks are for everyone to enjoy. Visit detourtrails.ohiodnr.gov to connect to a trail near you. Need more help? Call the Ohio Care Line at 1-800-720-9616 for free emotional support. Sponsored by the Ohio Departments of Natural Resources and Mental Health and Addiction Services. Aired by the OAB in this station. I-N-E-P-T. Coach Turf, here we are at midweek and getting ready for another ball game. By the way, I want to apologize for being a little bit late today. I had some car trouble on the way over here. Well, that's what you get for driving around one of them jalopies. By the way, what it is you, that you're driving around these days? 
in case you forgot, Coach, I won the right to drive the 37 Packard all week. Oh, oh, I, I done forgot. Where you been so far? And I wonder if you have a, a patch kit and a bicycle pump around anywhere in that uh, vehicle. Well, I sent our new driver right over to it. You know, we done uh, eliminated uh, Wrong Way Reitman. He went the wrong way too many times, and we got us a new driver this year. And, of course, now if you want to try out, you can come on along with us. But we got a boy that uh, is going to be doing the driving from now on, a fellow named uh, Crawford, Skid Crawford. And he's going to be taking over for Wrong Way Reitman. So don't get too used to driving around that 19 and 37 Packard because we need it back by 6 o'clock Friday so as we can go on our next road trip. Well, tell him it's on the curb over in front of the uh, Tamashat building, I believe. Well, don't leave it there. We don't want anybody to run off with it. Coach Turf, on our midweek program, lest we forget. And these are my favorite programs. I really like doing these programs because it lets the fans in on the steep tradition of NAP Tech football and, and uh, all the lore from football that we've done give to the ball game. Well, what have you got for us this week? Well, I'm glad you asked me that question because we want to talk about expression that all them football announcers use, and you probably use it too, what you call on the numbers. Means a perfect pass, Coach. That's right. That goes back to the late 1940s, and uh, a fellow what played football for the Oysters, quarterback by the name of uh, Pockets Peterson. And uh, Pockets was a real fine quarterback. He, he uh, reason we call him Pockets, so he didn't come up to your shirt pockets. He was a rather short little fella and had trouble seeing his receivers, especially when he went to throw that ball over the middle. And back then, we didn't have numbers on the fronts of the jerseys. We just had them on the backs of the jerseys. And, and that's why we painted numbers on the fronts of the jerseys so he could see his receivers and drill that ball right to the numbers. So that's where the expression on the numbers came from. Comes right from NAP Tech, history of the football, and the fans probably didn't know that. And we'll be back with Coach Turf right after this message. And the Coach Art Turf Show is brought to you by the product that catches all of the byproducts, Fresh Step Cat Litter. Coach Turf talking about inept football in the 1940s and the expression on the numbers. Anything else from that era? Well, that's right. You know, good old Pockets Peterson give a lot to the history of football played here at NAP Tech quarterback back in the late 1940s. And, you know, Pockets was a rather short little feller. And what we had to do in order for him to sit back there and throw the football and so give him enough time to pick out his receivers and hit him on the numbers is we had to tell our offensive linemen to kind of form a little protective shield around that feller. And we didn't want him getting hurt, you know, little and as, as he was. So what that turned out to be in the sports pages, fellers started to call that the pocket where he was throwing from. They named it after him and named it after the feller what played quarterback in NAP Tech football. And another expression coming uh, to us from NAP Tech football. Well, that's right, and that's not all. You know, I remember back in 1949, we was playing Cinema State and that famous trap door that they had back there, and he dropped back to pass once and fell through that trap door and all the way down to the ground. And I remember one of our assistant coaches saying to me, Coach, that was a real deep drop. Listening again, sports fans, for the next thrill-packed interview with the head coach of the Fighting Oysters of Inept Tech, the coaching legend in his own mind, the one and only Coach Art Turf. In our 71st year of service to Southeast Ohio, AM 970 and 97.1 FM. W-A-T-H-F-M.
look at it out there. It just doesn't get much better than this. 65 degrees presently. We're saying uh, 82 will be our high today. Beautiful sunshine. Plants are growing. What it is. Good morning, folks. It is uh, terrific out there, and um, I hope to make the most of it. Um, today, a free-for-all. Scott's here, of course. Good morning. Good morning. And um, let's see here. Today is National May Ray Day. I have no idea what that means. National May Ray Day. What I saw earlier is it encourages folks to get out and enjoy and get some warmth from the sun. Oh, sun rays. Yeah, sun ray. And when you do it, get out and they say to say, Hello, Ray. <laughs> really? <laughs> okay. That's pretty much it. It's a little thin, maybe. I, mean, we, I think uh, we did a better job just before that. <laughs> anyway, uh, National Devil's Food Cake Day. Sunshine. I'll take a piece. National Juice Slush Day. I'll take one of those. And Emergency Medical Services for Children Day. So uh, that's our National Day calendar. Good stuff. Let's see here. Historically speaking, um, we've got some stuff here. Well, I'm not real sure how to pronounce this first woman's name, but the year was 1536, and Anne Boleyn, B-O-L-E-Y-N. Anyway. Boleyn? You know, that sounds a lot more like it. Yes, Boleyn. I'll go with that. All right. She was the Queen of England from 1533 to 1536. As the second wife of King Henry VIII, I am, I am. And guess what? She was beheaded at the Tower of London on charges of adultery, incest, and treason. Boom, for shame, for shame. 1536, the year. 1643, Massachusetts Bay, Plymouth, Connecticut, and New Harbor, Formed the United uh, Colonies of New England. Uh, that was before statehood. 1649, England is declared a commonwealth by an act of the uh, Rump Parliament, making England a republic, a republic for the next 11 years. That was in 1649. 1885... German Chancellor Otto von Bismarck takes possession of Cameroon and Togoland. I don't remember that word, but it's evidently a place. Okay, and Germany oversaw it for a while. 1898, the United States Congress passes the Private Mailing Card Act 
allowing private publishers and printers to produce postcards, which had to be labeled private mailing cards until 1901. And uh, consequently, they're, they're today known as souvenir cards. Did you ever do stamp collecting? Um, a little, I, yeah. I did as a kid. Yeah. It was kind of interesting. Yeah, it is. I mean, you know, back then we we did things like that because we didn't have cell phones or computers. And TV was only three channels. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. But yeah, I, I found some really neat ones and uh, saw some really neat ones during my time at Ohio University, too. You know, I wonder you know, over the years your parents will give you a box of things, right? Yeah. And say, here, you'll want this someday. Yeah. <laughs> and And you look at it at the time and go, for what? Well, sometimes <laughs> I really need to go through the third floor of the house <laughs> and see what interesting things I have forgotten about. All right. Well, let's see here. What else do we have? Well, let's do famous birthdays. Ho Chi Minh, born on this date in 1890, died in 1969. Boy, this is one hard to say. Mustafa Kemal, K-E-M-A-L, last name, Ataturk, Ataturk. Mustafa okay. oh, This is someone you know? Uh, not personally. Well. <laughs> no, but uh, he is a <laughs> Turkish field marshal, <laughs> revolutionary statesman, author, and founding father of the Republic of Turkey. Turkey. Serving as its first president from 1923 until his death in 1938. Malcolm X was born on this date in 1925. He died in 1965. And then um, here's, um, am I politically correct to say an Asian leader, probably Pol Pot, P-O-L? P-O-T. Oh, he was the uh, former Prime Minister of Cambodia. Oh, that's right. How did I forget that? Yeah, he was... I was at one point... <laughs> much of my military experience was dealt with Cambodia. Yeah, exactly. Oh, I'm embarrassed. Yeah, well, I was thinking that too when you said Pol Pot about his connection with the Vietnam War. Yeah. Anyway, he um, <coughs> born on this date in 1925 and then died in 1998. Okay, two famous deaths, Jacqueline Kennedy Anassis. Uh, she born, uh, born in 1929 but died on this date in 1994. And then this other one, we covered already in the historical events. Anne Bullion. Bullion. Yes. 
<coughs> they don't have a birth year for her, but as we pointed out in that early, earlier story, she was, she died on this date because she was beheaded over in England. Put this stack over there. I arrived a little bit late to work this morning. So, and then to make matters worse, our printer was uh, acting funny. And uh, so a couple of the items I would have published, or published, what am I saying, printed, um, didn't make it in here. Um, but this morning, as I was watching one of the networks, as I listened to the radio and then also watched TV, kind of, well, anyway, um, they were talking about President Biden, and they mentioned some form of, I don't know if it's a way of paying, like, um, some sort of electronic payment system, or or just what? And but it's one I had not heard of, so that caught my ear. And then they went on to say like ninety six of his very closest friends and family and so on were found to be using it as well. Now, is it Bitcoin? No, but it's. I get the impression it's something like that. But it may simply be a way of... Oh, it may be like PayPal, where it, you simply pay things with it, rather than a currency. And that Bitcoin stuff, and then there's some others too, I don't understand that at all. But I thought that was a very odd story. NBC had it this morning. Yeah. Um, Crypto, uh, currency, Bitcoin, Ether, XRP. Wait a minute. XRP. Does that sound familiar? It was weird like that. Um... Take the ones that are lesser known to you, like XRP. Okay. And the word Biden and do a little Google. And uh, see if anything pops. Anyway, let's, let's get into the other news. Uh, oh, they've all taken a dump uh, in their value since uh, Biden has vo uh, said they will increase the uh, raise capital gains taxes on that currency, so they are... Is XRP a currency? Mm-hmm. Oh. Yep. No, I, I don't think this is a currency. I think it is a means of... Well, it's a digital online currency, like a cryptocurrency, what they, what they call, which I'm not sure if I would ever get involved with that. No, There's nothing no, no. backing it. You know, like the FDIC, 
backs the banking industry and the United States Treasury backs the banking industry. All that stuff. In case they ever fail. All that stuff worries me. Yeah, there's there's nothing to uh, support that currency if it fails, from what I understand. But reason- I, again, I don't think this was currency that that the Bidens were connected with. I think it was more a means of paying bills. Okay. But I don't know. I don't know. It just really caught my ear. <clears throat> what an odd thing, because you said President Biden has this account, and then they started reaching out, and here a whole bunch of people he was associated with did too. Oh, well, okay. Now, I'm going to keep digging on that because mm-hmm. I'm wondering, too, that if they only know about it and the rest of the country doesn't know about it, mm-hmm. that kind of raises a red flag. So um, what are the stories today? And they... Just because this is a story today, it could have been a story yesterday as well. But um, I enjoy going to the New York Times and looking through their their morning report. Their lead story this morning is how abortion views are different. For For nearly 50 years, public opinion has had only a limited effect on abortion policy. You will recall the Roe versus Wade decision, which the Supreme Court issued in 1973, established a constitutional right to abortion in many situations and struck down the restrictions in dozens of states. But now that the court has agreed to hear a case that could lead to an overturning of Roe, voters and legislators may soon again be determining abortion laws state by state. Americans' views on abortion are uh, sufficiently complex that both sides in the debate are able to point to survey data that suggests majority opinion is on their side, and then to argue that the data friendly to their own side is the right data. These competing claims can be confusing, of course. But when you dig into the data, you discover there are some clear patterns and objective truths. So here are five of them. A pro-Roe majority, that's number one. Polls consistently show that a majority of Americans, 60% to 70%, in recent polls by both Gallup and Pew, say they do not want the Supreme Court to overturn Roe. Similarly, close to 60% of Americans say they favor abortion access in either all or most circumstances, according to Pew. Okay, here's the next point. 
And it simply goes, and a pro-restriction majority. The most confounding aspect of public opinion is a contradiction between Americans' views on Roe itself and their views on specific abortion policies. Even as most people say they support the ruling, most also say they favor restrictions that Roe does not permit. Roe, for example, <coughs> excuse me, allows only limited restrictions on abortion during the second trimester, mostly uh, involving a mother's health. But less than 30% of Americans say that abortion should generally be legal in the second trimester. That's according to Gallup. Many people also oppose abortion in specific circumstances because a fetus has Down syndrome, for example, even during the first trimester. One sign that many Americans favor significant restrictions is in the Gallup data. Gallup uses slightly different wording from Pew, creating an option that allows people to say that abortion should be legal in only a few circumstances. And that is the most popular answer with 35% of respondents giving it um, in addition to the 20% who say abortion should be legal in all circumstances. <coughs> Excuse me, folks. Let me get a little sip of coffee here. Uh, that helps. Anyway, this helps to explain why many abortion rights advocates are worried that the Supreme Court will gut Roe without officially overturning it. And the writer goes on, yes, the justices are often influenced by public opinion. Okay, the third out of five points, remarkable stability. Opinion on some major political issues has changed substantially over the last half century. On taxes and regulation, people's views have ebbed and flowed. On some cultural issues, like same-sex marriage and marijuana legislation, views have moved sharply in one direction. But opinion on abortion has barely budged. Now there's a graph here, and I don't think I can explain it on the radio. But it supports what I just said. Um, anyway, so it, 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 again, barely budged as uh, the opinions. A key reason is that abortion opinion differs only modestly by age group. Americans under 30 support abortion rights more strongly than Americans over 50, but the gap is not huge. 
the age gaps on marijuana legislation, same-sex marriage, and climate change are all much larger. Abortion remains a vexing issue for large numbers of Americans in every generation, which suggests the debate is not likely to be resolved anytime soon. The fourth item just goes into more detail. It's called a modest gender gap uh, on points we've already brought out. And the fifth and final point that uh, the New York Times makes is called and a big class gap. Let's do this one. One of the strongest predictors of a person's view on abortion is educational attainment as you can see in the chart above. Well, you can, of course. Working-class Americans often favor restrictions. Many religiously observant people also favor restrictions. It's yet another way in which the Democratic coalition is becoming tilted toward college graduates. And the Republican coalition is going in the other direction. Wait a minute, that's an interesting statement. Democratic coalition is becoming tilted toward college graduates. And the Republican coalition is going in the other direction. Wow. Anyway, the bottom line. Both advocates and opponents of abortion access believe the issue is too important to be decided by simply public opinion. For advocates, women should have control over their bodies. After all, no major decision of men's health is subject to a veto by politicians or other voters. And for opponents of abortion access... The life of an unborn child is too important to be subject to almost any other consideration. If the Supreme Court overrules or substantially weakens Rome, the intense debate will play out state by state. Many states are likely to restrict abortion access substantially. Well, perhaps more than you may wanted to know or needed to know on it, but uh, it's been an important topic for years and evidently remains so. What else is going on? Well, how about the virus? That is to say COVID. The new CDC mask guidelines have Americans wondering whether they can trust one another. Republican-controlled states are cutting off federal pandemic unemployment benefits, arguing they are making it hard for businesses to hire. An estimated 40% of doctors in Indian have themselves gotten COVID, and more than 250 have died since early April. 
Many New York businesses are allowed to fully reopen as of today. Parts of Europe are also lifting restrictions. How should you think about virus variants if you are variants rather if you're vaccinated? So much to think about. Um, Scott, everybody here at the station, I believe, is vaccinated. Um, that and I then, don't know. And then, um, I don't think I know anybody. I'm, I'm, I'm thinking real carefully here. I don't think I know of anybody who has said they did not receive the vaccination. And yet we continue to hear that there is, what, a third of the, the nation's population that have some real question marks, right? Yeah, at least a third, <clears throat> if not more, Yes. Some states are turning down shipments of the vaccination because people are not well, getting they, it. Yeah, they don't want to waste it. Yeah. And uh, I saw yesterday or the day before the U.S. is shipping uh, vaccinations out of the country now as well. Is, uh, well, yeah. Two countries that are uh, a little bit less fortunate than we are here in the United States. You know, that's a little bit misleading because all the variants are made here. And, not variants. I'm sorry. All the vaccines are made here. Yeah. So, of course, we're shipping all over the world. But uh, the point is some of the stuff that might have stayed here for a while yet is being moved on out. Yeah. And um, I, I, I think some of the vaccines are uh, like AstraZeneca, for example. I believe that one is manufactured in Australia. You know, you're right. Let's see here. But most of them, yeah. I, um, I've got a picture here of President Biden driving a Ford F-150 pickup truck, right? And it has the weirdest paint job I've ever seen. But the point is, uh, this was up at a um, a Ford plant in Michigan that he was visiting. And this was an all-electric truck. Doesn't use gasoline. And uh, at least upon visiting that plant, he said the future of the auto industry is electric. Um, you know, I'm hearing all sorts of odd reports from people that know so much more about this stuff than I do. But, like, um, to change the battery in one of these things is, like, $900? Yeah, it's more than that. Is it? Yeah, it's a few thousand dollars. 
$3,500. And then the core charge and... Anyway. Yeah, it's a few it's, thousand dollars. Uh, I'm, I'm not sure if that... But, of course, if, um, you know, it's we have repairs on conventional engines for sure and not conventional but gasoline engines diesel engines whatever that are costly I don't know um, I really would like to test drive one just for kicks and I'm sure that's easily done I just have to go next door or at some auto dealership and do it um, what else do we have The House has passed a bill to help law enforcement agencies review hate crimes against Asian Americans. Okay, a year ago, were we talking about this? The answer is, in my head at least, no. When did this Asian dislike pop up and why now I mean you know there there could be some history going way back to the world wars but that generation is way up there what 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 has caused this recently I don't have an answer I'm just posing it, and it bothers me because I have a daughter-in-law who is Asian. She's from Thailand. Well, my understanding is that folks are upset about COVID infiltrating uh, this country and it originating from an Asian country, mm-hmm. and therefore the correlation of that and things along those lines and family members have passed from uh, getting infected with COVID and I, I think the short-sightedness of people thinking that okay, you know, so the we, Asians brought it from <coughs> their country We here. had this Wuhan thing, right? Yes, the Wuhan, China and the laboratory there which but, incidentally uh, the U.S. government subsidized what is to um, what if it had been Australia? Yeah. Are we going to have hate crimes against Australians? Uh, unfortunately, that's you know that may have some merit to that statement. I... But that's I, the I can't see it. That's the general thought I'm getting from folks I talk to things I've read, news feeds, uh, news reports. Well, folks, it's COVID-related, you know, bottom line. Okay. From what, what I'm gathering. Can't we just yeah, we have said that so many times, haven't we? We have had a number of international students live with us in our home. 
Nick is married to a woman who is from Russia. Um, what was I just saying? Um, oh, Paul students. is married to a woman who is from Thailand. Uh, Nick has four kids. Paul has two. Um, they're all terrific. Jackie, of course, um, she married a guy from Pittsburgh. That's the worst thing, right? <laughs> <laughs> Is that on the international list In, no, of countries? No, no. <laughs> I'm just teasing, of course, folks. <laughs> so we got two good kids there, too. Anyway, um, let's see here. Let's move on. The Israeli-Palestinian conflict. This one worries me. Diplomatic efforts to end the violence are gaining urgency with the EU, that's the European Union, and the United Nations, and others calling on the Israeli military and Hamas militants to lay down their weapons. Israeli airstrikes have damaged Gaza's health and sewage systems and displaced tens of thousands of people, deepening a humanitarian crisis. Our president was said to have sharpened his tone with Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu of Israel in a private call. And then we hear Palestinians across the West Bank Gaza and Israel have gone on strike. Climate change is becoming a bigger and bigger concern. Even to the point that it's affecting our National Park Service. Did you I just glanced here. Did you realize the movie Shrek is 20 years old now? I th yes, it doesn't surprise me. Huh. Yeah. Okay, I let's... remember that came out. Let's see what we can do to smile a little bit. <laughs> okay. Now, hand me something. Uh, you pick one you don't want. Okay. There you go. There's another one. We've got... Uh, no, I'm okay. We've got, I think, anyway... Oh. <laughs> Some of those are a little lengthy. I see what you mean. Here, try this one. Okay. Um, <clears throat> although I've had this happen to me. Okay, so folks, this, this is all lighthearted stuff, we hope. And um, just to finish out the day, we've got about 11 minutes remaining in our show today. Um... Okay, I used to wear suits uh, quite a bit. Uh, how many times do I wear a suit now? Probably eight to ten times a year. That's not very much. Our clothing, our dress habits have changed. Um, but I have 
I think my wife said I have 39 suits. Now, get, getting worse than that, six of them are formal. Right? Now, how often do we wear that stuff? Anyway, so here's the story. It says, um, this is called a great fitting suit. The fellow was being sold a very cheap suit. But the left arm is a lot longer than the right arm, he complained. That's why the suit is such a bargain, the sales clerk explained. Just cock your left shoulder up a little like this and tuck that this lapel, left lapel under your chin a bit and, and like this. And then he, he argued, but the right leg is way too short. No problem, the sales clerk answered. Just keep your right knee bent a little at all times. Walk like this, and no one will notice. That's why this suit will only cost you $30. Finally, the fellow bought the suit, cocked his left shoulder into the air, tucked his, the suit's left lapel under his chin, bent his right knee, and limped out of the store toward his car. Two doctors happened along and noticed him. Good heavens, the first doctor said to the second. Look at that poor crippled fellow. Yeah, asked, answered the second doctor. But doesn't that suit fit great? <laughs> what kind of candy do moms love for Mother's Day? Hershey's Kisses. Her. She's kisses. Yes. You know why computers are so smart? They listen to the motherboard. Hey, that's right. What do you call a radio that only plays music from the 1950s and 1960s? A boomer box. Boomers. For the baby boomers. Mm -hmm. What did the mother rope say to her child? Don't be naughty. <laughs> what did the digital clock say to its mother? Look, Ma, no hands. <laughs> A German Coast Guard was working his first shift as radio dispatcher. When a boat got into trouble, the sailor radioed in, Mayday, Mayday, can anybody hear me? The operator, speaking with a German accent, said, Ah, hello, this is the German Coast Guard. I can hear you. Sailor says, This is Mayday. We are sinking. I repeat, we are sinking. The operator returned, ah, okay, so what are you thinking about? Mm. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> what do you call a mom who can't draw? Tracy. <laughs> Some of these are really simple. Yeah, they are. Why did the Mother's Day gift arrive the day after Mother's Day? It was Chocolate. Oh, yeah. But still, Chocolate. Okay. <clears throat> Your turn. Uh, let's see. As a man was listening 
to the radio while driving home, there was a report warning about someone who was going the wrong way on the highway. The man said to himself, swerving, there isn't just one. (laughs) (laughs) Good morning. You're on the air. Good morning. This is that geezer from Albany. There you go. Good morning, Dave and Scott. Good morning. Good morning. (laughs) Sunshine. Gentlemen, I'd like to go back to the joke about the seeing eye dogs yesterday. Yeah. Can you remember that? Yep. Uh, Now, Scott, as you probably well know, I was a motorsports announcer for scores of years. And with regard to, so, so I certainly learned a lot about how to use the inflections of the voice, et cetera, et cetera, to generate a little excitement in the in my spectators, that kind of thing. Right. And uh, the delivery, the punchline about uh, uh, that seeing eye thing and the chihuahua, you know, mm-hmm. there's a question mark on the end of that. It should have come out with an upward infliction and posed as a question. You know, the guy <laughs> who was who did it wrong? Was it Scott or me? Uh, oh, it, it, was, it was not you, Dave. It was oh, me. okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm getting beat on this morning. <laughs> it, it, it was for my gave me a chihuahua delivery. <laughs> my yeah. goodness. Oh, I may have to opt out of these then if I'm not. But, but doing you, the right yeah, delivery. You're, do, you're doing great. You do wonderful. But, <laughs> Why did uh, the cookie cry? Well, even the best. Uh, once in a while, uh, I kind of puzzled about something, and that was the answer to why the joke really didn't work. <laughs> so, Gene, why did the cookie cry? I don't write them. I just read them. Uh, well, I don't know, Dave. Because his mother was away for so long. Oh. Now, now, I have a, a doctor who has a dry sense of humor. Yeah. I've been, as an old geezer, I've been to see him for so long that we've become friends. Of course. And uh, I asked him the other day if he, he tells jokes. I asked him if he had a, a joke, and sometimes he has some pretty decent ones. And he said, no. And they said, well, yes. He says, I have one I made up. It's a knock-knock joke, so I need a little bit of cooperation on this one. Scott, you do it. Uh, okay. Knock-knock. Uh, who's there? CIA. CIA who? Let's get something straight. We ask the questions around here. <laughs> and of course, as a doctor, to be very, very strict and... And overbearing, you know, authoritative. <laughs> he actually had me off balance for about a second or so. <laughs> we asked the questions. You bet. Yeah. It worked well in his office. Sure. Well, I'll, I'll catch you later. Okay, Gene. Have a great day. Thank you. Bye-bye. You too. Why did the mommy cat want to go bowling on Mother's Day? She was an alley cat. Three minutes yet. Scott. Oh, okay. I'm I'm perusing here. I now see. I'm now I'm a little bit uh, edgy about my delivery. Well, after that here, it could so. be so much better. I guess so. <laughs> Maybe I better just let you do them from now on. Oh, that would since be since I awesome. screwed up one. Why did the baby strawberry cry? 
because his mom was in a jam. <clears throat> what, you really gave up? Yeah, I'm... I'm uh... Why did the mother broom say to the baby broom... What did the mother broom say to the baby broom? It's time to go to sweep. Okay, I'm out of short ones now. Help me. Here, you want some more? N well, well, you really are quick. Yeah, right? I, I just I, I want them to be funny, not botched. What <laughs> You're gets, doing fine. I was just teasing. What gets wetter the more it dries? A towel. I don't get that. That doesn't make sense. See? Well, that's not your fault. Again, I, I don't write them. I just read them. Yeah, hand me a page. Anything. You've been knocking off the ones you've done, right? Yeah. What's the best thing about Switzerland? I don't know, but the flag is a big plus. You get that? Yeah. Okay. There's a plus on the flag. I, I need a reaction. Okay. Um, my teachers told me I never amount to much since I procrastinate so much. I just told them, just you wait. <laughs> hmm. Okay. A horse walks into a bar. The bartender says, hey. The horse replies, sure. Yeah. Straw. Ask me a straw. <laughs> that, that would work. Uh, I don't understand that one. Why are crabs so bad at sharing? Because they are all shellfish. And with that, we are done, folks. Good. In our 71st year of service to Southeast Ohio, AM 970 and 97.1 FM. W-A-T-H-F-N's. This is CBS News on the Hour, presented by Indeed.com. I'm Deborah Rodriguez. We have word just in from the White House. President Biden spoke to Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu this morning and told him he expects a significant de-escalation on the path to a ceasefire with Hamas militants. Netanyahu is defending the attacks. We try to target those who target us. With great precision. Correspondent Holly Williams from Tel Aviv. Palestinian anger exploded onto the street in Ramallah. But the clashes, as always, were unequal. The Palestinians have been throwing stones and the Israeli soldiers have been shooting tear gas canisters and live fire. It was mainly young men hurling rocks, but other protesters were middle-class families, children and white-collar workers. More than 215 Palestinians have been killed since the fighting began a week and a half ago. A dozen people are dead in Israel. Vacation options have just opened up. Europe is opening its doors to outsiders. Correspondent Vicki Barker is at the Foreign Desk. EU ambassadors meeting in Brussels have just agreed to recommend...